0: All right. Hello and welcome, everybody. Uh, we are starting here with the Binge the Bible Breakdown. I'm Pastor Nathan, pastor here at Elk River Lutheran. And Jeremy Holkos, the intern pastor. Yeah. And so we are starting this new Binge the Bible sermon series. That was this graphic that was uh, on during the introduction where it's kind of a play off the Netflix thing, you know, where you uh, Netflix and chill, maybe binge some TV shows. And What we're going to be doing for the next six weeks is binging the Bible. Meaning in six weeks, we're going to walk through the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. That's a lot Mm. of Bible. It's a big book, but uh, we're going to do it. And so obviously we're not going to hit everything that's in this big, beautiful, complex book. Uh, We're going to try to hit as much as we can. And uh, during this time, on Thursdays, we're going to do a little more in-depth thing. Each week on Sundays, we'll have a introduction to the section of the bible that we're talking about for that week and we'll have a sermon that plays on the themes and what that section of the bible might have to say for our everyday lives and then like i said midweek then we're going to go a little more in depth and so that's what you're here for today a little more in-depth bible breakdown so uh yeah so that's kind of where we're at with the bible so if you have a bible handy great uh if you're on a device you can maybe look online and find an online bible if not that's no problem either so yeah. yeah Well, so Jeremy has taught a class called Genesis to Revelation, and right. so that was a how many week class? Uh, it turned out to be most of a year with a pandemic in the
1: middle. So yeah, yeah. There are some people that something have something
0: probably of like up thirty classes that were like an hour long or yeah, hour hour, and, hour and a half. Yep. Um, and so we're going to squish that into uh, six 30- uh, to 45-minute sessions here on Thursdays, right? Right. We may
1: be biting off more than we can chew, but it'll be fun to yeah. yeah.
0: So what What? What were you kind of thinking with the, with the Bible, and what's what's got you uh, excited about Genesis to Revelation? Yeah, I think for me it's... Um, I grew up in
1: a Lutheran most of my life. And so kind of had this like, um, lectionary style approach Mm -hmm. to ministry, right. Um, and to reading scripture. And that was, well, this week, we're going to talk about this chunk of maybe the Noah story. And then next week we're going to jump to the woman at the well. Um, and we've moved around in scripture. And so my understanding and wrestling with scripture really kind of came out of this sense of like, if this is the whole book of God and the people of God, shouldn't there be some sort of continuity in the story and like some sort of making sense Um, and i think because of the way i had always experienced it you catch this piece but you miss the pieces before and after and so i really kind of got into diving a lot deeper and thinking about how do we thread the needle from the beginning of genesis to the end of revelation Mm -hmm. and how do those stories fit together as a one continuous narrative um, and now there are some things where history plays in and there's some confusion in how the canon is organized. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, as we think about scripture, it really has a similar story. Um, and most of those things come in God's faithfulness and the faithful, faithlessness of God's people. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so we screw it up. God says, well, wait a minute. There's still more to this story. Um, and continuing to see that, even as we have moved beyond what we've called the, the, The everyday written scripture to the living, breathing uh, Bible that we experience in life today. Yeah, you know where God still shows up. Sure. Um, And so, thinking about how does that all kind of thread and weave together, and how do we wrestle with this big, complex, messy, beautiful
0: book? Yeah. No, I think that's good. And so, maybe one place to start would be so. This first week we're studying the first five books of the Bible, right? And so they're called the Pentateuch, we'll get there. I wonder if it wouldn't be worth just holding up a Bible and saying, this is the Bible, right? And so the Bible is divided up into different books. And then uh, those books get divided up into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's kind of like, you know, B.C. and A.D. where you have Jesus kind of right in the middle. The Gospels and the New Testament start off telling the life of Jesus and the church after. And the Old Testament is everything that happened before. And so that's we're starting the Old Testament. And uh, any Bible you have is going to be divided up in that way and you know when we were talking about Genesis to Revelation what i what i appreciate about the bible is almost every bible that i've ever had has some kind of description of the book of the Bible at the beginning of that book. And some Bibles, like I have the Lutheran Study Bible here. I know we both have HarperCollins Study Bibles, too. Mm -hmm. Um, They go into even more depth and stuff. So there's Bibles. The the actual Bibles themselves can be pretty good resources, and a lot of the information we're sharing here today could be found in a Bible, certainly in a Study Bible.
1: Right. And I think it's important to note, too, like we talk about Scripture as the written text that we have in front of us it's important to note like as we're thinking about these stories and the things that are coming up it'll come up in genesis as we think about genesis one yeah these are not written at the time it happened you know god didn't write say oh on day one we're going to do this and then let it be so but it's a story that's passed on um orally so people hear that story and that's how the story kind of carries this imagery and this beauty right because the best way to tell a story is make it relatable Right. Um, And so, thinking about that as an important kind of factor, as we're talking about, well, you know, did Johnny get really swallowed by a whale? You know, there's some questions there, right? Yeah. Uh, But it also gives us permission to say, hey, wait a minute. There's there might be some places that feel a little confusing. But if you think about the bigger picture, this bigger story, how does that really kind of play into conversation?
0: I think that's really, yeah, I like that idea that the Bible isn't the Star Tribune, right? (laughs) It wasn't written like a newspaper. It's not like a TV broadcast covering live breaking news. It's more like your family stories, right? Right. (laughs) Like like my great-grandparents who came over from Norway and the ship, and we, we have these family stories, and... Um, they're really good and true stories, but, you know, over the years, the facts kind of get, you know, some facts get lost, others maybe get created, and the truth is that's probably the case with the Bible, too, and, and we'll see some of that even in the, as we get into Genesis. So, Right, I think that's a great place for us to kind of dive right in as you're kind of uh, going,
1: if you're online and joining us and you have a question or you're thinking about this, even if it's after the fact, like the live recording. Yeah tell us those questions because i think that's something we want to be able to answer and wrestle with and think about and yeah and i love questions so that's some of my fun too
0: yeah so we'll be kind of monitoring we got our laptops here if you're dropping questions in the feed or just saying hello uh we'd love that and uh by all means do that so right and i think like Genesis
1: is a great place to start, and any good story has to start with a good foundation. Yeah. Um. So thinking about like the opening credits to any movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, that's my favorite way to think about this beginning text is the world is dark, the screens just getting fired up, and here we go, kind of boom, right into this, uh, this spoken moment, and life goes from nothingness to all of these created days. Um, thinking about these early Genesis texts, like think about that open credits to a movie, and then how does the story then play out there? You know, God speaks, and creation yeah. begins to exist. So word becomes important um, yep. right from the very beginning, um, and then we see these these six days of creation with a day of rest, yeah. um, and all this kind of mystery and wonder that comes in and out of all of that too.
0: It's good. Yeah. yeah, so that's the Pentateuch is these first five books of the Bible. Um, and so like my Bible here divides them up: Genesis to Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Uh, traditionally, those books were often attributed to Moses, saying that Moses wrote them. In reality, he probably didn't write them all. He probably shared them some. I, I don't know what Moses' role is. He's a main character in one of the books. I know mm-hmm. that. Um, but uh, but that's the Pentateuch these first five so yeah do we want to dive into Genesis? I think so I think
1: that's a good way for us to kind of get the conversation
0: rolling but, sounds good but I think
1: it's that a um, couple things that I would point out is, is one that word word becomes super important but also then what is the purpose right that's, I think it's a question that everybody asks what's the meaning of life those sort of big sure. philosophical things um, and it I think it's important to note that God creates things in relationship. Um, So sun and darkness, water and dry land, like each has a point and a counterpoint. uh, But even as we move a little bit further into it, we get human and God or human and created animals. Um, And thinking about this sense of that, that God's work in all of this is relational. Um, And so thinking about how does that really... Begin to tell what the rest of the narrative of Scripture is. Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, God God sees man and says, "Oh, that's not good for man to be alone," yeah. um, and then immediately creates um, animals for the man to name. In Genesis one, Genesis two, it becomes God creates woman out of man. Um, mm-hmm. One kind of cool thing that happens. This is the Bible nerd in me, but Adam, this idea mm-hmm. in Adam. The uh, Hebrew word for dirt um, is at, is I'm going to do this wrong probably, Adam and Adama. One yeah. is the name of Adam, and one is the name of dirt. If you sound they sound so similar, they're actually root words in Hebrew. Yeah. Um, and so the relationship between man and created being becomes incredibly important. Right. Um, and so thinking about this like dust and dust man kind of how it goes yeah uh, but then later plays into ish is the name for man isha is the name for woman that they're created as similar identical uh, caring beings sure and so think about that idea of relationship as we move like through these narratives and into the story because everything that follows really this kind of opening scene of of genesis is how we as humans really do our best to screw that completely up yeah yeah right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, Yeah. that is it. Um, Yeah, you know, and so when you start right at the beginning of Genesis, of course, it starts with the creation story. That's going to be our uh, biblical text for this coming week. Uh, We'll have the creation story read at worship. And if you've read the Bible and looked at Genesis before, you know the creation story comes in chapter 1. And then you uh, turn the page and you get to chapter two, and it's another account of creation. And I think that just gets at what Jeremy was saying earlier about, you know, what you were saying about that. These stories were told orally for years and years and years, and it's later that they get all collected into one, written down and put into one place. And so at the time when they did that... They had to kind of sort through, okay, well, we've got these multiple stories of creation. Which ones should we use? They maybe had three or four of them, and they're like, well, let's just, we'll put these two in there. Like, right. We can't choose to put them both in. You know, And and so I, I think that's that's a beautiful part of the Bible, that it's not like, even the people who wrote the Bible and put it together weren't so stuck on, this is the exactly how it happened. This is... Uh, this is not how it happened so throw it away they're like you know these stories both speak to who God is and who we are as people put them both in you know like that's not that's not contradictory or problematic that's actually life giving because we all experience God and life in different ways even the same experiences we experience them differently so yeah. it makes sense right and to
1: think about how do those stories begin to tell different perspectives and different human experience um, mm-hmm. you know the people struggle with this question of well what does it God say when is it day one God created this is that one day as we know it um, you know all of those big scientific questions and the real conversation I think it comes down to what is God's intent you right. know it's it's not necessarily the literalism that we we hope for but really to say you know what is God wanting us to be aware of um, and even so much so like Day seven, the day of creation, mm-hmm. connects us as human beings to God's work. Yeah, um, and thinking about that, our space in this story, um, I think that becomes incredibly powerful to think about.
0: Yeah, right. You know, because that's if you get so caught up on, um, you know, what day are we on? You know, it's not till the fourth day that you get day and night, and so the notion of a twenty-four hour day doesn't exist till day four. So if you're really getting hung up on those details, yep. you're missing the overall point, like you're saying. Right. Right. And
1: I think, you know, as as we move into the story beyond creation, um, the tree, this idea of knowledge mm-hmm. and wisdom, um, all of those conversations really start to say, where does that relationship take a different turn? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of those, um, I'm going to jump just a hair forward. Yeah. But even the, the story of Cain and Abel, right? Yeah. Is the first death recorded in scripture is a homicide. Mm-hmm. Um, so, think about how that carries us into this narrative. You know, it's as much about God's people trying to be on equal footing with God mm-hmm. and going, well, that doesn't quite work. And then we have this idea of they're thrown out of the garden, Cain and Abel happens, and the first thing is a homicide. Yeah. And then the rest of the story, you know, as it happens kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, this unfolding of. We break that promise, that covenant that God has mm-hmm. to put us on equal space with creation um, and to be workers and, and partners in creation to the point that now we destroy creation as an act of kind of a rebellion, I think. Right. Right. And so all of those next stories really
0: tell that narrative over and over again. They do. They do. And that's that, that kind of process that, that repeats itself right and you'll see it again
1: you know the noah story is another great example Mm -hmm. of um god is angry that humanity has done all of these things to destroy creation and ruin relationship with one another Um, and says well i'm going to send a flood Mm -hmm. but then that promise thing hangs in there and god says well you know it's as important that you know um i'm going to destroy creation but we're going to keep some animals and one really good family that does yeah. some good things. Um, and so there's this kind of back and forth in this story of God wanting this sort of ending because that would be easier. But God's love and faithfulness to the promise
0: yeah, plays way beyond that. Yeah, I think the Bible really plays with and wrestles with God's ultimate goodness and desire for what's best for humanity. And we see that through all these stories. Yeah, Noah and the, and the flood. Um, early creation stories, you know, and then it the deeper you go into Genesis, the deeper you get into these complex relationships. You know, um, you know, I, we won't get into every story here in this, but you know, you have some really complex familial relationships. You know, Abraham and the promise that he and Sarah will have these kids, and that doesn't, you know come to fruition right away and so they get creative and how to make it happen and i mean there's all there's all kinds of complex family relationship stuff going on in there you uh you get to the story you know we talked last night sacred wit about joseph's technicolor dream code you know that is a beautiful story of family and family drama and you know and god's faithfulness weaves throughout it that you know um the people try to seek God's favor, and then they try to w- wiggle their way away from God's favor and figure it out on their own. And then you know they keep being humbled and brought back to relying on God. I mean, that's kind of repeated over, repeated over and over.
1: Right, and that cycle continues no matter how you kind of think about these stories. If we keep that lens um, as an understanding, like God, God's people really kind of do things to mess things up. Mm-hmm. And God continually steps in just enough to say, hey, this is what the purpose and intent of all of this is. Um, And you keep missing the point. Um, Right. It's kind of the, you know, you smack your kid on the hand, go knock it off, like stop doing that. (laughs) Eventually it kicks in, but sometimes it takes 10 or 15 or in this case hundreds of times in order to really get us back to that purpose. Yeah. Um, And it's a lesson I think we're still learning today.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Yep. Right. <laughs> well, anything else you want to say? Some of the stories in Genesis that would be worth highlighting? Yeah, I think the one um, the one
1: that often gets really lost and confused as people think about it is the Tower of Babel story. Sure. Uh, Babel, Babel, depends how you want to yeah. say it. Um, I'm, I'm no expert in this conversation either. But it's one of those things where humanity uses the common ground, the common language, Mm-hmm. to build a tower to reach the heights of God. Yeah. Um, so they want to be like God. Um, and God does something kind of unique in there that God confuses their language, if you read that kind of passage. If God creates with words, and humanity uses words to put themselves on equal footing, yeah. you know, they take something of God saying, well, that isn't going to work. Um, and I think it's one of those kind of interesting stories because it it becomes the catalyst for how words are the thing that moves us to other gods it moves us to other spaces and it pulls away from this connection of God Yeah. Um, and if words are our tool to be like God maybe we need to ask some questions about how we use words Um, and that will show up again as we kind of weave that needle Um, but I think it's one of those important stories to at least highlight
0: yeah, right, absolutely yeah yeah, and I touched on Abraham and Sarah, I guess, Abram and Sarah, Abraham and Sarah, you know, and that, and that promise that uh, Abraham has given that he will be blessed to be a blessing, and uh, it's it's this promise that then is, you know, ultimately fulfilled in different ways throughout, throughout the rest of the Bible. Right, and it becomes important, even though the Abraham and Sarah story, that
1: the promise, um, your descendants will be more numerous than the stars. Yeah. Right. Well, that can't happen if your people are wiped out. Yeah, um, which we're going to discover as we move into Exodus, the story of uh, Moses and fleeing uh, Egypt. There's yeah. this element of, well, what really happens to God's people? Right. You know, how do they? How does God fulfill that promise made with Abraham and Sarah? And how does that carry through? Right. Um, as we think about that Exodus and things like that.
0: Yeah. You know I, I wonder this is I, I didn't write in my notes but uh, but I think what gets us to the book of Exodus out of Genesis is this Israel story and Israel is a name that comes up all throughout the Bible and as I think helpful to have a, a primer on. And so I probably should have written notes about it so uh, between the two of us, I think we I can get? get there. So I mentioned Joseph in the Technicolor dream coat. Um, Joseph's father is. Jacob, who is uh, given the nickname or the name Israel because he wrestles with God. Right? He has that that time. There's that story in the Bible where he's traveling and uh, some guy appears and he wrestles them through the night and it turns out it's God or an angel of God, some kind of thing. And uh, and God takes a cheap shot, breaks his hip, uh, and and then says, you know, you'll be called Israel for you struggled with God. Right. And so then that becomes. Jacob's name, he's called Israel, but then it'll also become his family's name and then ultimately the people of Israel and we all know the nation of Israel, you know, and so this is all tied back to that story that comes in Genesis uh, of, of the people of Israel and a part of that story is, you know, Joseph gets sold into sl- into slavery uh, by his brothers because they're jealous of his nice coat and really more of his dad's love and and so he they end up they end up all in in Egypt because ultimately there's a famine that brings the whole family to Egypt, and life is good in Egypt until that pharaoh who loved uh, Joseph dies, and all of a sudden all these Hebrew people who are there, these Israelites, uh, end up as real good targets for slaves because they're not Egyptian and and they're not any more in the favor of Pharaoh, and so. They end up in slavery, and that's what gets us to the book of Exodus. Is there any points you would fill yeah, in? Or the the in? only kind of place I would kind of wrestle with, too, is that uh, the old Pharaoh
1: dies, the new Pharaoh fears that they're going to rise up as people against him. Yeah. Because they're, the Israelite people are so numerous that they could create an army there of their own Yeah, and essentially wipe out the Pharaoh. Right. So it's an act of fear that sure. drives the Pharaoh to make those choices. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of those things. So think about that as we're talking about numbers of people. Yeah. Um, really playing into that next conversation. So as we think about the exodus in this yeah. story, eventually that number will become so small that it's a manageable size for any army. Sure. Uh, and that'll become the division of into the land of Israel rather than the people of Israel.
0: Sure.
1: Um, so everything we're talking about before we get to all that point is really about a people, a nation of people. Yeah. Rather than a physical space, a land. Right. Dominic, that's a good distinction.
0: Yeah, and that's you know, that's a complexity that has followed Israel to current day, right? I mean the Dispute over Israel Palestine is a dispute over land and a people. You know, is are, are, is Israel a people or is it a land? And, and the answer is yeah. You know, and and of course politically it's all kinds of complications. But that's that's not a new problem. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it traces back to here. So right. Yeah, and I think that's a good
1: a good way for us to think about you know what is the Old Testament have to do with today? Yeah. You know, there are some of these carryovers that really happen, and often I think there's that disconnect of well, it's Old Testament, that's not the Bible we understand. Yeah. Instead of saying, well, these stories are really woven together and they are interconnected even as we live today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, so that Jacob, uh, you know, ending up bringing his whole family and tribe to... Egypt gets us to then ultimately the Egyptians making uh, folks their slaves, the, the Hebrew people, the Israelites, and, and that's what leads us to the book of Exodus. And so, any, yeah, anything else to get us into Exodus or away we go? Yeah, I think it's away we go. You yeah. know. Um, and obviously Genesis has many other stories that are, that are deep and you know complicated and beautiful that we, we haven't touched on, some ugly that we haven't touched on. Um, but th- there's there's just a lot there. Uh, right. But that you know, I think we've hit those themes though. It's it's yeah. it's God being being faithful and frustrated with the people's lack of faith, and the people you know trying to be faithful and always falling short. Right. I mean, in a nutshell, right? And
1: there's a lot of humor and humanity that exists oh, yeah. within those texts, and I think that's one thing that gets sort of washed away. Is I think we read them as stories of this thing that happened so long ago, instead of saying, you know, there are people who are longing for children who laugh at God's promise, um, yeah. you know, like Sarah does in, in the Abraham and Sarah. So like, And yeah. that humanity really kind of becomes important for us to acknowledge too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Exodus becomes a book that is largely focused. I mean, it's fair to say that Moses is the main character of Exodus, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Um, He's kind of the, the hero character, a flawed hero, no, no nonetheless, but a hero. Uh, and, uh, yeah, what do you say?
1: Well, you know, this idea of being called by God to lead a people into into freedom um, and really the liberation of these Israelite people. I think that's one word that you'll see yeah. continually throughout Scripture is what is God liberating from from or for God's people? Right. Um, and how does that really kind of play out? as we think about that story forward
0: right so if you've seen the 10 commandments movie or the prince of egypt uh, some of these movies that are about uh, this story of exodus you get some of the main points that moses you know is born into slavery but uh, the egyptians are getting a little nervous about the you know people of israel these these hebrew people getting to be too many of them again and so they start killing babies real Mm-hmm. pleasant story of the bible right, right. especially male babies uh, yeah and so uh to save her baby uh yeah uh Moses mom puts him in the basket floats him down the river uh, story goes he ends up in pharaoh's house and is raised as a as a, a child in the house of pharaoh uh, and that has its perks and so ultimately he starts discovering who he is ends up seeing some uh, slave driver, Egyptian, you know, beating a, a Hebrew, uh, takes him uh, and, and kills the guy, goes into hiding, uh, meets his father-in-law, Jethro, uh, ends up marrying Jethro's daughter and uh, making a life for himself, and then God appears in a burning bush, says Moses, actually we have unfinished business in Egypt, let's go back, let my people go, uh, and so Moses goes back, well first he says, I can't, I'm not a very good public speaker, I stutter and whatever, mm-hmm. and God says, don't worry, uh, we'll take care of that. And uh, away he goes back into into Egypt to lead the people out. Uh, mm-hmm. But that doesn't go so smoothly either, does it? No, <laughs> no I think that's, yeah, there's this a lot of back and forth, you know, being
1: led to freedom, having food provided for you on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, all your needs met and we still grumble and complain that slavery in Egypt would have been better than wandering in the wilderness. Yeah. Right? So faithlessness, faithfulness, faithfulness, right? Right. That still provides. Um, and the story bounces back and forth in all of those sort of moments.
0: Yeah. And even getting out of Egypt isn't as easy as maybe they would have thought. But, um, you know, the, the Bible tells these stories of, of plagues coming. Moses says, "Pharaoh, let my people go." And Pharaoh says, "No." And so then these plagues come—these bad things that happen right. to, well, everyone, but especially the people of Egypt are are afflicted. And, and the last one being, you know, I think worth mentioning because it's where we get the idea of Passover, where um, the plagues promise that you know the firstborn of each household will die, um, unless you have put the the blood of the sacrificed lamb over over your door. Lamb? Is it a lamb? Yeah. Or just a sheep, full-grown sheep? I can't remember. And anyway, it's, it's a, it's <laughs> a sheep. Um, and it, you know over the doorpost. And so all of the Hebrew people, this is people of Israel, do that. And they have their bags packed, ready to go, because you know that's what the vision has been, that, that, that they're going to go. This is going to be what pushes Pharaoh over the edge and lets them go. And it is pharaoh's son dies and and so the people pack their bags and away they go on their um exodus journey their right. exodus that's the name because they exodus from egypt they leave they exit yeah, right. <laughs> exit stage right yeah
1: yeah one well, i think that's that great kind of sense of um you know we get these reminders of uh israelite slaves are their children are killed ultimately becomes the gateway to freedom for you know god ultimately moves against the pharaoh's people yeah Um, and so there's these kind of like parallels within the story that are really interesting if you pay attention to yeah Um, and then we get the wandering. and yeah and again it leads us to these 10 commandments the golden calf like all of these Mm -hmm. great moments where you know people are people and they continue to sort of well, God is great uh, until God isn't, and something more convenient pops up. Yeah, um, and this sort of internal wrestling uh, with within God's people against God, right? And so,
0: and so, this is where you picture Charlton Heston, right, right. Uh, wandering through the wilderness and splitting the Red Sea so that they can cross, and Pharaoh's army does not get across, and so they get washed away, and uh, that is uh, not not great for them. Okay. <laughs> um, And yet then, yeah, like you say, people wander in in the desert, and one of the things that happens is the giving of the Ten Commandments, which of course is pretty influential for for the life of, you know, us still, those Ten Commandments play a pretty important role for our understanding of, you know, what are things that are good to do and things that are not good to do. Um, but yeah, the story Moses comes down with the first set of the Ten Commandments, and the people, while he's been up there, have built a golden calf to worship because this God they've been following that they can't see, they don't really know, so they build a golden calf. He throws them at him, and in the movie, it's like a bomb, right? It's like mm-hmm. a grenade. The the tablets, and they blow, blow up the golden calf. Really good stuff. Um, C- and cinematic splendor. Yeah, and so then he goes up, he gets another set, and he and he, and he comes down, and that time they're a little bit better, but. Yeah, I mean, anything else with the with the story of Exodus before we get to how it wraps up? Ultimately? Yeah, I think the wrapping up is the next place I would want to land. It's really yeah. what comes
1: out of that. So the reason they build the golden calf is they're impatient that Moses, Moses is taking too long. Yeah. You know, well, that just takes forever and God is up there. Yep. We want to make God where we are. Yeah. Um, and that plays into this sort of next kind of wrapping up of the Exodus story, which is really they end up building this tent this tabernacle and yeah. the ark where the covenant or the 10 Commandments sits uh, those all become spaces that move with god's people that god moves from this sort of lofty thing to the space within them yeah um, and so it turns the idea to worship rather than um The tangible, seeable, conversational God that we we discover early in Genesis and early Exodus. Yeah, Um, and so God moves down within them as an act of worship.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, and a part of that story then is that Moses doesn't get to enter the Promised Land, this land of flowing with milk and honey that has been promised to them after forty years in the wilderness. He doesn't get to go in. That whole generation doesn't get to go in because of that unfaithfulness, uh, but the next generation does. And you know, and that that tabernacle worship, which will ultimately become a temple uh, that's built in Jerusalem. We're skipping ahead to the historical books, uh, part two, episode two. Um, but that'll that'll come. And, it, and it, but it begins with that tabernacle that has the. That has the Ten Commandments and that Ark that that is built
1: as its core, right? And where the cloud when the cloud settles on the tent, the people stay in place, and when mm-hmm. it lifts and moves, yeah. the people know to follow the cloud, to follow the yeah. the presence yeah. of God. Um, and I think that's really kind of interesting. You mentioned um, the jumping of Moses not entering. You've really yeah. kind of talked about the Book of Numbers. Yes, um, right. Really, and so this might be a great place for us to drop that. Yeah. I'll get in there. So this is one of the challenges of scripture is that some books exist outside of, but within scriptural layers. Yeah. Um, when God says these people will go to the promised land, eventually these people grumble and complain. And so there's this problem that exists and Moses ultimately has to take a census. The yeah. first one determines the nation's army size so they can be victorious in battles or protect the people. Um And the second census that exists in the book of Numbers is really all about, um, well, have those people that complained and grumbled and and whined against me, have they all died off now that we can so finally get to (laughs) to the promised land? Um, And I think that's one of those elements that's kind of intriguing within Scripture.
0: Yeah. Um, The book of Numbers, aptly named, because it involves a lot of counting. (laughs) It's two (laughs) censuses and a whole lot of uh, family lineage and
1: Numbers. Uh, yeah. so I think that's important for us to kind of say at this point that really kind of layers yes. within this story uh, there's not much else that I would add to that other than um, that's yeah. kind of the general gist of things as it moves into this ultimate entrance into the, the land that God has promised
0: yeah and so I think that is probably a natural transition that you know so we've talked a lot about Genesis and exodus because they're they're the big mamas of the of the Pentateuch, right? I mean right. they're 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 the the kind of core. Genesis especially, but then Exodus being also there's core to all that'll come next. And the the, the next ones that Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy, they kinda of blend together a little bit because they're the continuation of the Law and the Moses story. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I think it's okay to maybe admit that like we don't really necessarily treat all parts of the Bible equally as when we read scripture. Is that fair? I mean, uh, Moses talked about uh, the, you know, you know, the gospels being, you know, the Bible being the, the, the manger that holds the Christ child and there being some straw in there that, that isn't as important as the Christ child, you know, uh, himself um, as a way of thinking about, okay, like if we're being honest, some like reading the whole list of names of families in the book of numbers is probably not going to shape and direct how you live your life on a thursday morning right <laughs> you right. know and and that's maybe okay to admit that um whereas like the 10 commandments a pretty helpful guide you know to be carrying forward so anyway i think that's going to be reflected in how we talk about these different books of the right Bible and that especially comes true of the book of
1: leviticus 2 yes yeah. 613 laws about sacrifice and right living and living in relationship with one another living in relationship to god when we break those sort of human connections um, and so a lot of it is great but I yeah. don't know the last time we burned a ram on the altar just because, right? <laughs> yeah, yo yep. Most um,
0: of those practices have been left by the wayside, right?
1: But I think yeah. it's what you know. What is important is lifting out the sense of it's how we live together. It's how yeah. we live in community, and we put God at the center of that relationship. Um, and often that is a piece that gets so bogged down by living the the black and white yeah. that we miss the grace and those things that come up as we think new testament yeah um and so they're they are important but i don't want to i don't want to sit and dwell in them yeah because i think yeah. i'm wearing mixed cotton fibers in my shirt right now and that right. might not be a good thing
0: that is officially not allowed according to scripture right and so yeah. thinking
1: about like how does that all impact us today and how do we think about those conversations going forward
0: yeah i think it's so funny that the fir- that the air conditioner units that we Turned off, kicked on a while ago, and now we got a guy mowing outside. Yeah. I apologize for this. Uh, I thought we were doing pretty well. And yeah. even the things that were within our control, I don't know why that turned on a while back and then the fact that they're mowing outside. You just can't can't control can't, everything. Can't win them all. No, nope, no. Nope. Right. Well so Leviticus numbers Deuteronomy. Are there other elements of those books that'd be worth touching on here? Yeah, I think Deuteronomy, one of the key things is it's Moses' farewell. Yeah.
1: Um, So I think this is the final letter knowing that your end is coming. So what would you want to say to the people of God um, who have been following you through the wilderness and kind of Mm -hmm. making life both good and bad? Um, What would you want to tell them? Um, And a lot of it is reiterating the Ten Commandments, the way that we live together.
0: Yeah.
1: uh, But also saying now the responsibility of teaching and instructing, that's going to fall on you as people. Um, Yeah. You know how do we how do we grow together in this faith thing Um, and then just really saying despite all of this despite those times when we fall short and we fail uh, you get to chapter 10 towards the end is really about God Moses saying despite all those things God still loves you and God has promised this and this is where we will go Um, and I think that's one of those kind of beautiful moments Um, and then just that reminder that in the end of it, Moses sees the promised land. He's able to look into it and say, okay, God did really fulfill that, but he never enters. Yeah, He's still part of that group that grumbled and complained. Yep. Um, so there's kind of this uniqueness in this story of how does that faithfulness get lived out as a whole rather than a partial story. Sure. So that's what I got.
0: No, I think it's great, and I think that's about as good a place as any to, to wrap it up for today with this promise of, of God's love, that, that it is ultimately that's what the, the blessing of this section of Scripture that will obviously carry throughout is that uh, it's the story of God loving God's people from the beginning of creation when there were people and for all the screw-ups along the way, and that carries true for us in our lives as well. So, yeah, absolutely. that's good. No, I think and. And then the fun thing is to to go back and
1: dig a little deeper into the story and say, what is yeah. this about? What is God trying to show us as we move forward? Yeah. Um, and, and finding those sort of nuggets that exist within that to teach us things today. Yeah. You know, um, I think that's where the fun of Scripture really plays out in my nerdiness, I guess. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. I think so. So, you know, I'd invite everyone to join us on Sunday where we'll get uh, a little more of a... A little more of an introduction which will be for you all that you heard this pretty expert now so uh, you, you'll have it uh, nailed down uh, but we'll also then think about like okay life is good very good in fact it says in creation that humans are very good but also life is messy. <laughs> and that is a theme that has come through all these stories, whether it's the first homicide or the Ten Commandments, this excellent guide that we just don't follow all that well. So so what does that mean? How do we find, uh, you know, good news in the midst of of a messy world. And so uh, we'll be talking about those things on Sunday as well. And in the bulletin, which is available online now, if you want to read ahead, you can find uh, even a little more of a description. Jeremy's got some notes of what they'll, uh, what they kind of look like. A few pages to kind of dig in. Yeah, a few pages of extra notes if you want to get some extra background information. And so again, join us Sunday, and then we'll be back here next Thursday as well, looking at the next section of the Bible, which is an even bigger chunk of the bible called the historical book so getting some of the history of what comes next with with god's people so awesome. any other closing thoughts no go in peace that's <laughs> good all right bye well, everybody we'll see Take you care. again soon Don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.